How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Big Opinions, the panel. Jamie Wall and Glenn Lama, good morning to you gentlemen uh, as part of the panel today and so much to reflect on on a weekend. We expected so much and uh, really we got a little back in return. So Jamie, let's uh, start with you. First of all, I guess the freshest thing in the mind is uh, the Black Caps not being able to withstand Australia's power this morning. What did you make of that? Yeah, thanks very much, Timothy, and good morning to you and everyone. I, I thought that it was... It was always going to be tough against an Australian team that has always had the water us in, in big games. And it does very much feel like to beat Australia regularly in games that matter is something that Black Caps are going to have to do to really kind of be classed as, a, as an international superpower. And and to, to fall again at this one is, an, is more evidence that perhaps there is a little bit of a mental block there around playing the Aussies because... Really, 171 uh, in a T20 match is a defendable, is a very defendable total, um, and the way that the Australians went about and got it was was pretty easy. Uh, in the end, um, they they won that game running away. Uh, so I feel like this one could kind of be classed as a bit of a choke uh, by the Black Caps, and I know that everyone loves Black Caps right now, and and then they're a very easy team to support. Um, and then, you know, there's this perception about them punching up their weight and everything. And, and, and they are full of great players, and they do pull, pull off great wins. But this is a game that needed to be won, and they didn't do it. Uh, so I think there's a few questions that need to be asked there. Yes, it is T20. And yes, we are the still... Well, if it, if it came down to it, like, what would I rather have, the World Test Championship or the World T20 Championship? Like, yeah, trust me, I, <laughs> I want them to be World Test Champions. Uh, but it would have been nice to have got one over the Aussies in this one and, and perhaps prove that they're not this big bogeyman for us that, uh, that that always show up and beat us in the ones that matter. Yep, uh, Glenn, I, I think it's fair assessment um, because uh, a lot of people, I think, have got the, the same kind of thought about it, Glenn, and... You know, they do. Ju- it's just when it comes to the real crunch, the real crunch, as optimistic as we are, we see we, every now and then we just take another one on the chin, and this was quite a hefty blow. Yeah, look, I don't know if it's a choke. Oh, I, it just depends what your definition of a choke is. I don't, you know, a choke to me means we're in a winnable, you know, a, a, a dominant winnable position, utterly winnable position, and then we lose the game. I don't know if we ever, we were ever 
in that position in this game, um, I thought Williamson batted superbly, but that there was a period when he was at the crease of the with Gupta where they had they couldn't find the boundary for 32 balls, and I ended up reflecting on that period, thinking that that was really the moment where we lost, uh, or we 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 were playing catch up from that moment. And as great as Williamson was with his ball striking and that boundary um, hitting that he got into after that. Um, that rut uh, and catch up a little bit from there and it felt like that when we were in the field as well uh, do we have a mental block against Australians I don't, yeah I, I don't, I, I definitely think we did when we played them in the 2015 World Cup final in Melbourne when um, I don't think we were mentally up, up uh, prepared for that game at all after winning the semi here but um, I, I thought we had moments in this game here which Suggested where where we don't have a mental block, but I think it just comes back to the Smithy. We in, in rugby we have the wood over the over the Wallabies. In rugby league, the Kangaroos have the wood over the Kiwis. We win occasionally against the Kangaroos in rugby league. The Wallabies win occasionally against the All Blacks in rugby union. And um, for, and if you go right back through the history of cricket, they are a bigger cricket country. They have more resources. They generally have more talented players. Occasionally we beat them, but more often than not they beat us and we haven't beaten them in a test what is it now almost 10 years maybe even a bit longer um this is unfortunately how it is when it comes to cricket and we we, we kind of sit there and we hope that we they come they we, we can beat the aussies because we love to beat them especially in cricket but unfortunately not today they were just too good hazelwood bowled brilliantly mitchell marsh batted superbly i mean that 60 hit off the first ball he received was magnificent and, you know, he actually underlines the, 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 the difference in depth between our teams or their country and our country, generally speaking. Um, you know, every time I see Mitchell Marsh play, Smithy, I, he looks a million bucks to me. And then in the next game, for some reason, they drop him. And I'm thinking, oh, we would, I would love to have Mitchell Marsh in our team because, geez, he's a talented player. Um, and, and, he, and he proved it today. So those are my thoughts on the game. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think we were playing catch up with that, with that long period when we couldn't score a boundary when Williamson and Gupta were together. James, that's interesting, that, that phase of play. I, I, I thought at the break that 170 would be enough if we absolutely bowled well, uh, and only really did, uh, did Trent Bolt, for me, deliver with the new ball. Southie was honest but not threatening, and Milne, I'm not quite sure, was uh, up to this big stage after all, to be fair. And when it comes to the spinners, Jamie, uh, we are always under pressure when it comes to our spinners, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I think that's where we lost the game, um, to be honest, is that we we only had one guy show up with the ball, uh, Bolt, and they had Hazelwood and Zampa, who was tying down an end and, and frustrating the score. Uh, the scoring rate, as Glenn uh, mentioned just before, and you really need, just like you need two guys to get the runs with the bats, you need two, two guys to be doing the work with the ball. And we just didn't have it um, today. And, I, I mean, I think that if there's one thing that I can sympathise with the Black Caps on this one is that obviously the pitches over there are suit the team's batting second. Um, I, I, I think just going... I, I heard a stat this morning saying that there's overwhelmingly the, the teams are batting second in this tournament um, were, were, were winning. Uh, so, you know, that, that didn't work in their favour either. And the other thing about it is that the Australian mindset uh, is if you give an Australian cricketer a, a, a hard task, uh, he'll, he'll go out and, and, and absolutely do it. And they, 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 they went out and um, Marsh and um, 
Warner. Yeah, Marsh Warner and Maxwell just just got it done and and made it look so so easy uh, out there. So in the second innings, so I think that yeah, that that's part of what the the mental block is. Is once those Aussies get on a roll, it's very hard for the Black Caps to to stay with them. Well, the news didn't get too much better in terms of the rugby department. Maybe a little bit worse, actually. We'll focus on that when we come back. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. 10.32 here on SNZ, and it's uh, part two of the panel. We've got uh, Jamie Wall and Glenn Lama with us this morning. Right, let's focus on rugby. Ladies first. Uh, Glenn, I think, uh, not that I'm including you on that, I'm just saying let's talk about the Black Ferns. <laughs> First of all, Glenn, um, and well, uh, we knew England would be tough, but all of a sudden there's a gap between us and France as well, it seems. Well, yeah, first of all, Smithy, good to see some sleep deprivation hasn't robbed you of your sense of humour, mate, so that's good. Um, look, uh, the um, yeah, the, the women's rugby team is a worry, isn't it? I mean, I think we've had a, a huge wake-up call here with this World Cup coming up uh, in, a, in a year's time. They've got some hell. They've got a hell of a lot of work to do. Based on what we've seen in the three games so far, they're going to get thumped in this next game coming up as well. Uh, but I just wonder this is whether this is showing up. Uh, women's sport in New Zealand, and, and particularly in team sports, Smithy, has, has got some worrying signs for the future. I mean, if you actually go through it, our women's teams in international sport are struggling at the moment. The Silver Ferns go pretty good. Uh, in an all-women's sport, they, get, they are still competitive, but um, we've seen other teams rise in that sport. But if you actually look at our Black Ferns, the women's cricket team, the football team, the hockey team, and if you go back 10, 12 years with all those sides, they were all pretty competitive back in those days, but now they're all really struggling. And I just think what we've seen happening over... Rugby League is another team as well that used to dominate Australia, but now the Jillaroos have it all over us as well. And I just think what's happening overseas in particular is we're seeing all these international sports and and countries focus on women's sport over the last five to ten years. They have really cranked up their resourcing. And unfortunately, we are not keeping pace in those sports. You know, I remember five years ago commentating the New Zealand football team, women's football team, they beat Brazil in Brazil, which was an amazing achievement. But now we're getting thumped easily by the world's best teams in that sport. Our hockey team was not competitive at the Olympic Games. Now we're seeing the Black Ferns. You know our women's cricket team, Smithy, has fallen right off the pace in the last five to ten years as we see other teams get resourced overseas. Talent talent identification is, is much improved. And we're seeing much better athletes playing across women's team sports that we like to enjoy and we've had success in in the past. We're not able to compete with these teams anymore. So I think there's a real problem looming here for New Zealand sport generally. And, um, you know, we've got, we're we're struggling for money in a lot of these sports as well. Uh, And unfortunately, overseas countries are not. And I think we're seeing this now leak into women's 15s rugby where we're not fit enough other teams are fit enough, they're superbly conditioned, they're well coached, well resourced and we're being left behind mm, Interesting observations there that go deeper obviously uh, in your mind than on the on the field and on the court. Uh, Jamie uh, I'd really like to uh, switch attention now if I could please to uh, the All Blacks who uh, are not short on resources, not short, short on build up etc but uh, were short in muscle and uh, some key areas weren't they on Sunday morning 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just quickly on, on the black friends, if I could just add my two cents on that one as well, is that, yeah, it is a money thing, like Glenn said, um, and all you've got to do is look at the Sevens uh, team and what they achieved when they were funded properly. They won a gold medal, and now the black friends are getting thumped by everyone at the moment, so there's, there's your answer to that problem. Um, but back to the All Blacks, though, yeah, but this was a, a hard watch, and not hard because... Uh, of the result. I mean, like, it was so physically intense what the Irish brought uh, to the All Blacks. Um, I, I don't think I've seen an All Black team have to make that many tackles, especially in the, in the first half. It seemed like the only time that they touched the ball was when they scored that, that quite, quite easy try, which was kind of ironic, really. And uh, you can't sustain that over 80 minutes against a team, uh, an international rugby team. You can't just tackle your way out of out of a situation like that. And it only lasted until just after half time, where they conceded, I think it was two tries in, in about six minutes. Um, and then after that, Ireland just had the control of the game. And you, I think you were talking with Nisbo a little bit earlier about uh, not um, kicking penalties. Well, that, that's kind of half true. The, the, uh, the, the way that the most effective rugby is played is you back yourself to score your tries off your penalties um, by kicking into the corner uh, early on, and then you kick your points at the end to kill the game off. And that's exactly what Ireland, Ireland did. They've done their homework. Um, Andy Farrell is clearly a, a very good coach um, who, who completely outthought um, Ian Foster and John Plumtree and the rest of the All Black coaching staff. And that's the real worry um, coming out of this game is that they got figured out so easily uh, that Ireland basically just was able to have their way with them um, for that entire an, entire period. And now we're looking at the fact that, you know, a few years ago we never lost to Ireland. Now we've lost, now we're losing them more times than we're beating them. And I think that another loss, and I said this last week, that, uh, you know, the All Blacks could potentially lose these next two tests. Well, they've lost one of them. And if they go to Harris and lose this one to, you know, what is a, a pretty good French team, um, we're going to have a long summer of asking, you know, have we got the right people in charge? And, and I feel like I'm, I'm repeating myself, but that is very much the reality for the All Blacks right now is where are they at? What direction are they heading in? And, you know, how, how is this all going to look next year? And are we starting all over again? So, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's going to be an interesting week. Individuals, Glenn, for you who um, either aren't up to it or are past it, perhaps. Well, I'm still. I've got to be honest here, Miss Smithy. I'm still waiting for Richie Moonga to take control of a big Test match like that. Still, don't think we've seen it in his international career. He's fine when he's when he's playing a uh, when we're playing a team that's not at the All Black standard. He's fine when he comes onto the field, say he's on the bench and we're 10 points up, he'll, he'll uh, be good enough. But when uh, we see a circumstance like that at the weekend, I want to see him come on and take ownership and leadership of the team. I think he's lacking in that department. Wonderful, talented player, but I think we are definitely missing that element of our first five play, even in Bowdoin Barrett at the moment, where we need to really, when, when the grind is on in a game like that, we need to uh, get that little extra percent from our first five to drive our team. We're not seeing it, and we haven't seen it from Moonga. Having said all that, and I agree with what Jamie said, there are some worrying signs for the future with coaching and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but I think we have to say well done to Ireland. I mean, they were hopeless at the last World Cup, weren't they? I mean, within now two years later, they've beaten us again. It's pretty impressive um, what they've managed to do. 
And but having, I'm going to contradict myself again. Having said all that, Smithy, we could have won that game in the 68th minute when Yuani threw that little forward pass to his brother on another day that might have gone over and we might have scored a try there. We were under a penalty advantage. I am going to say we shouldn't have kicked the goal there. We should have gone for the try. We were six points down. We had them. We had a good field position. We had momentum. I'm saying that was a mistake, that we kicked the goal there and we closed the gap to three. I think that we should have gone for the try and left it all out there. Because if we get in front there by one point with with 10 minutes to play, I would back us to win the game. So I think there's some issues there that need solving. Uh, Yes, Ireland deserved the win and they outplayed us, but we still could have won that game. Um, had those things happen, Moonga, and that right decision at the end with that with that penalty kick. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point, uh, Jamie. Uh, that's an interesting thing. This uh, because of the way the game's being officiated now. I, I find myself as a commentator and as a watcher of rugby, looking just as much at the at the damn referee as I do at the players. Sometimes because you're just waiting for that damn arm to go out, and I think sometimes that's how uh, teams tactically are approaching the game for that. Yeah, and I can understand why uh, people are frustrated um, with the officials at the moment because it, it has become a game in itself. Um, however, I, I personally don't blame the referees themselves. They, they, they are out there doing the job that the, the laws of the game necessitate them to do. And, yeah, I think that perhaps just the personality of uh, Luke Pierce on the weekend and how he just decided he just wanted to have a chat with everyone. But at the end of the day, he was getting the calls right. Um, oh, and, come, and Jamie, so stop th- there. Stop, call- stop, 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 stop. That Whoa. yellow card on Cody Taylor was ridiculous. And James Lowe went and scored oh. a try under that yellow card. That was a ridiculous decision. That's got nothing to do with the laws. He should have never been yellow carded for that. No, I think no, but you can you can definitely make a case that he, he made contact with the kid, so therefore it is a yellow card. I thought I you know, I understand that law. Like I know I know that people just don't like it and that a few years ago it wouldn't have been even been a penalty. But it is. You know, we've seen we've seen easy uh, smaller shots than that get get done for done for yellows and even reds. So I mean I don't I personally didn't have a problem with the way he the way he officiated it. I just think that um one of the problems that I had with the with the All Blacks and especially Sam Whitelock on the weekend was the way that he got into uh, almost like a banter battle with the with the Irish and and the referee himself, and a lot of time and energy was wasted trying to get on the side of the referee. And I think that that's a real issue of the game at the moment is that trying to win favour with the referees is taking away from actually just playing the game itself. Uh, so I, I, I understand the frustration around it, and it's something that needs to be looked at at a much, much higher level. Um, because at the moment, like, I, I do have some sympathy for the refs on it. And, you know, I, you know, I can understand where you're coming from, Glenn. Like, I, I, I get it. It could have gone, gone either way. But, you know, it was in, it was in the books. I just, but, yeah, you're right. It, it is taking way too long for these games to get, get played. And we are listening to a bunch of guys talking to each other uh, who just, you know, like, we, when we should be watching football. Yeah, gentlemen, uh, it was a weekend uh, unreviewed that deserved, uh, deserved robust conversation and debate, and I thank you <laughs> both very much for that. Jamie Wall and, and Glenn Lama were the panel this morning, and, and some very, very valid and uh, interesting points made there too uh, about uh, rugby and cricket. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Another one tomorrow morning.